بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسيدر الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد one of the first things we learn when we're growing up as young children is about the five pillars of islam and it's probably one of the first things a person entering the fold of islam is taught as well and it's probably one of the only things that non-muslims know about muslims that they've got five pillars so these five pillars we're very familiar with them our children know them our work colleagues know them anyone new into islam knows them and even those who are against islam this is one thing they will know they don't know a lot but the little they do know is that there are five pillars of islam and we understand shahada for example being a pillar shahada we understand being a pillar we're looking at these pillars as being pillars right that islam actually depends upon them they are pillars that without that you can't have islam shahada we understand that without shahada without the faith in itself none of the other actions are valid so we understand shahada but without the shahada a person cannot be a muslim we understand salah being a pillar of islam because it's five times a day it's kind of what defines a muslim that you have to pray regularly and that's why we're here now so we understand salah shahada being a pillar of islam we understand salah being a pillar of islam fasting it takes about a whole month ramadan is just a different vibe throughout the world and we can see those who fast are muslims those who fast are not muslims we understand fasting saum siyam to be a pillar of islam Similarly, zakat every single year, you have to take that money out, give it to the poor. And it, 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 you don't have to be so rich to be able to do it. So it comes every single year and we see a concern in the Muslim Ummah that zakat is being done every single year. And we understand how this forms a pillar of Islam. However, when it comes to Hajj, Hajj is only fard once in a lifetime, number one. Number two, it's only, a, it's only applicable to you if you can physically and financially afford it, right? And number three, we're trying to understand, Hajj is a pillar of Islam, whereas millions of people are dying without performing the Hajj, and they're not sinful. They're not sinful, why? Because they couldn't afford it. They couldn't reach them, physically, financially, but it's fine, no sin upon them. So how does this form a pillar of Islam? Shahada, pillar of Islam. Salah, a pillar of Islam. Zakat, a pillar of Islam. Saum, fasting, Ramadan, a pillar of Islam. How is Hajj a pillar of Islam? Where it's only once in a lifetime and millions of people are dying without performing it and they're totally sinless, like it's fine because you couldn't reach there. You didn't have the money, you couldn't afford it. Or there's a lady, she didn't have a mahram. That's fine. You might be rich. The woman is rich. She's got money. She's got thousands of pounds. But she doesn't have a mahram. Hajj is not farad on her. She doesn't have to go. So how is this hajj a pillar of Islam? 
What is the wisdom behind Hajj being a pillar of Islam? And if you end up going for Hajj, how long does it last? How long does it last? Less than a week. The actual Hajj lasts less than a week. So in your lifetime, 70, 80 years of your life, one week. Whereas Shahada is 24-7. Salah is five times a day. And fasting is every year, 30 days, one month. Zakat is every single year. And Hajj, maybe it might come to you. And if it does, it's going to be just under a week in your 80 years. How does this constitute a pillar of Islam? What is the benefit behind the Hajj? What is the wisdom? Allah is Al-Hakim. He's the most wise. And whatever he constitutes, it's full of wisdom. No questions asked. But what is that wisdom? Do we understand? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that when you go for the Hajj, Allah says, The act of Hajj and the season of Hajj is full of benefits and not just for those who go for Hajj. The number of people that go for Hajj is very little in comparison to those that don't go for Hajj. How does Hajj form a pillar of Islam? where only a few people are going in comparison to the multitudes of people that are staying back, especially this year, for example, and the last two years. So what we learn from here, that the benefit of Hajj is not just for those who go for Hajj. The benefit of Hajj is for every Muslim, every year. And we're going to look into these in the short time that we have, inshallah. Some of the benefit and some of the wisdom behind the Hajj and why it's so significant and why during the period of Hajj, which we're going through now, every Muslim should be connected to the Hajj. Now I say this, it's very important to this. Khutbah is very important. Why? Because we know what's happening with the Hajj at the moment. Okay. We know that the agents have been put aside. The Saudi Hajj ministry wants to take over and control the bookings of the Hajj. And there's been, you're seeing what's happening with Vision 2030 and all sorts of things are happening in Saudi Arabia. This now is leading to Muslims abandoning the Hajj, speaking ill of those people. We need to learn to separate the two. Anybody that causes or anybody that carries out an indecent act, that is a separate act and the Kaaba is separate in itself. The Kaaba will always maintain its sanctity. Masjidul Haram will always be sacred regardless of who rules over it. Masjid al-Nabawi will always hold a lofty status in the rank of Allah. Let it not be that whilst we are bad-mouthing these people because of their practices, their policies, only Allah knows is it khair or not. Only Allah knows is it going to bring about benefit or is it going to bring about much harm. We don't know. It's about to unfold and we're going to see and we pray for khair. We pray for afiyah. We pray that it's going to be good for everybody. It doesn't seem so. But we pray for the best insha'Allah. But what we need to understand, just because this is happening, that doesn't mean that now we should forget about the Haramain. We should forget our center of Islam. We should turn a blind away, eye away from the Kaaba. The season of Hajj is coming. And when we look into the lives of the pious predecessors, no matter where they were in the world, even if they hadn't had the opportunity to go for Hajj, during the days of Hajj, it's as if they weren't in their hometowns and they were there present. If you study their lives, you will find when the Hujjaj were in Arafah, it's as if they were in Arafah. When the Hujjaj were in Mina, it's as if they were in Mina. When the Hujjaj were in Muzdalifah, it's as if they were in Muzdalifah. 
when they were traveling from one place to the other, they were present with the Hajj. Hajj meant so much more to those people. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That the benefit and the wisdom of Hajj is not restricted to just those who are in the Hajj. That is why there's more sacred days in the whole year, even more sacred than the 10 days of Ramadan or the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. For everybody, not just for the Hujjaj, not just for the Hujjaj. So let us prepare for this time that is now coming upon us. We are now in the Ashwarul Hajj. The days of Hajj, the months of Hajj have already started. Whether you go or not, whether we agree with the system or not, let's learn to separate the two. Yes, the system could be corrupt. The system, we're not agreeing with it. We don't like the way it's been done. And we, we ask Allah to give them guidance. But let this not take us away from the significance, the importance of the sacred lands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what are those benefits? Number one, the first benefit of the Hajj. Every single year, the Hajj comes, not just for the Hujjaj, even for me and you. Every year, the Hajj comes. Why? To remind you and me of the Day of Judgment. It is one of the manafi' of Hajj. One of the reasons, every single year, the Hajj comes to remind you and me of what? Of the Day of Judgment. Now, why is it important to remember the Day of Judgment? Why is that so important? Why should we find an interest in this particular point? Why should this relate to us all? Why? In one verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us in the Quran, That those people who go astray from the way of Allah, they will be given a severe punishment. Why? Why, oh Allah, why? What was the cause? What made them go astray? Because they forgot about the day of judgment. Those people who live their lives heedless of the day of judgment, they will live their lives according to their whims and desires. You tell me, if you were to be conscious and aware and mindful of the day of judgment all the time, would you commit any crime? Would you miss a salah? Would you fornicate? Would you gamble? Would you drink alcohol? Would you disobey your parents? Would you do those things that you are not supposed to do? Never. So this is great. Without being conscious of the day of judgment, we can't live our lives straight. We can't be on Siratul Mustaqeem. One of the greatest benefits of the Hajj coming every single year for those who attend the Hajj and those who don't attend the Hajj is Hajj reminds us of the day of Qiyamah. What happens in the, uh, on the, in, in the days of Hajj? We find that it, this, this will keep us grounded. And when you reach the Hajj, before you even go for Hajj, what do people do? People save. They save their money. And they're about to go. What do they do? They start ringing up family members. They start going to meet people. And what do they say? Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I don't know if I'm going to come back. It's as if you're preparing for your death. Can you see already before you even reach the Hajj, you're still in the UK, you're still in Birmingham and you're speaking to people as if you're leaving the world. This is great. This is so spiritually uplifting even before you've gone there. The benefit of Hajj has started even before you've become a Haji. You might not even reach there. But people start getting concerned of the hereafter. That look, if I owe you anything, let me know. And people gather their children. Look, if I don't come back, take care of this. Look after your mother. Make sure you do this. Be punctual on your salah whilst I've gone. 
And then when you reach Makkatul Mukarramah, what happens? You see the crowds. When you're going from Safa and Marwa, Marwa to Safa, it reminds you of the Day of Judgment. When people will go from one Nabi to another Nabi, and one Prophet to another Prophet, and the Prophet will say, don't come to me, nafsi, nafsi, go to the next Prophet. And this is what's happening in the Hajj. Hajj, it comes to remind you and me about the Day of Judgment. And then when you're making Tawaf, what happens? If you've taken your elderly mother with you, you're holding onto her hand really tight. If your wife is with you, she's grabbing onto your ihram just so that she doesn't get separated from you. If you're taking your children, you're carrying them and you're holding them really tight. Why? So that they don't go missing. What does this remind you of? What did this remind you of? This reminds us, let me ask you a question. Before people go for Hajj, we read many books and mashallah, we should do so. We attend lectures, we attend training, we attend courses, we attend workshops and we should. But does anyone ever study what Allah says about the Hajj? We go to people, people these are man-made books which are very good, we should read. I'm not discouraging. Read, study, learn. But these are written by human beings. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Rabb of Hajj, what does He say about the Hajj? Have you ever heard anybody saying that I'm going to learn what Allah says about the Hajj? And more so, in the whole Quran, you will not find any surah called Surah Al-Shahada. You will not find a surah called Surah Al-Salat. You will not find Surah Al-Sawm. You will not even find Surah Al-Zakat. But one surah you will find in the Quran, and that is Surah Al-Hajj. Open the whole of Surah Al-Hajj and find me and show me the mention of Muzdalifa, Arafah. There is no mention of Muzdalifa, no mention of Arafah, no mention of Makkah, no mention of the rituals of Hajj. Nothing. You will not find this. What does Surah Al-Hajj say? How does Surah Al-Hajj start? Ya ayyuhan nasu taqu, ya ayyuhan nasu taqu rabbakum inna zalzalat al-sa'ati shay'un azim. That O people, O mankind, fear Allah, and the earthquake of the hour of the day of judgment is going to be very, very great. You think these are three million people? This is nothing Allah is telling you. When you get the three million people is nothing. A day is going to come where every single person from the beginning of time till the end of time is going to gather like you people have gathered today. This is what Hajj is reminding us of. And then when you're grabbing onto your family members really tight, Making sure they don't go missing. Allah says in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to mention in this moment the most and the pinnacle of the most intimate relationship a human can have with another human. And that is when a mother is placing her suckling child onto her breast. Allah speaks about this in the Quran. When you're holding her onto your mother's hand, when you're carrying your child in that tawaf so that he doesn't go missing, when your wife is grabbing onto you, Allah is saying to you, at that moment you should be thinking, a day is going to come, Quran says, that the mother who's suckling her child that day of judgment will be so severe, she'll throw that child away. A woman who is pregnant will abort the child. 
يوم يفر المرء من أخيه وأمه وأبيه وصاحبته وبنيه husband will run from the wife wife will run from the husband nobody will want to know anybody this is what Surah Al-Hajj speaks about so the Hajj comes every year not just for people to go there do some rituals and come back the first benefit of the Hajj is the Hajj reminds us of the day of judgment this day when a person looks around and what happens Everyone is in ihram and it reminds you that when I go from this world on the day of Qiyamah, I'm going to be standing in these same two pieces of cloth. Similarly, we find that just during the Hajj, you can't apply perfume, you can't cut your hair, you can't cut your nails, you can't cover your head, you're helpless. You realize on the day of Qiyamah, every person will be helpless. All we did in this world will become useful for us. Otherwise, on the day of judgment, every individual will be helpless. And So this is what Hajj teaches us that you've got greater things to worry about when you come back from the Hajj and you think you know what's so-and-so going to say should I grow a beard should I not grow a beard should I pray should I not pray should I wear the hijab should I not wear the hijab you know people are thinking of all of these things Hajj teaches us you've got greater things to worry about what people our whole life is based on what is he's going to say? What is she going to say? Hajj teaches you, you've got greater things to worry about. On that day, no, no one's bothered about what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. No one will care. No one will care at the moment. We're thinking, what's he going to say? What's my reputation? What? No one will give a damn. No one will care. Everyone will run. Your own children, your own parents. No one will want to look at you. It's going to be a day on nafsi, nafsi. This is why the hajj is so important that we are connected. Because hajj brings this memory to us, this reminder to us that this is what is going to happen. Now I ask you, if somebody carries out the hajj with this mentality, this is why hajj is farad once in a lifetime. If you do hajj like this, one hajj is enough. If we don't do hajj like this, we can go every single year and it won't be enough. If we did one Hajj like this, with this in mind, with this mentality, Hajj once in a lifetime. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says once in a lifetime. This is what the Hajj is supposed to do to you. This is the reminder the Hajj is supposed to bring to you. So this is the mindset we go with. At the moment we go and we're complaining most of the time. Okay, it's too hot, it's too crowded. But remember the time a time is going to come when the sun will be just one mile in front of you it'll be so crowded people will be squashed there'll be nowhere to put your feet and that is going to be on the day of qiyamah and here i am complaining why is there no wi-fi in muzdarifa these these are our complaints this is that somebody come back from hajj and they're complaining oh this is what happened they promised me they're gonna give me uh, chicken but they gave me meat okay like, th this is our greatest concern ask your grandfather great-grandfather great-grandfather how they went for Hajj, it took them six months to get to Makkatul Mukarramah. Many a times they got there and the Hajj was over. Now they would think, do we go back home? It's going to take us six months or should we just stay till the following year and do the Hajj and then go home? And the family members wouldn't know, they wouldn't know are they coming back? And, and that's why it was such a great thing. Allah has made it so easy for us within a few hours. Sit on there, now it's even easier. Just one, one booking system and, and you're there. And all we come back with is complaints. Whereas it's a privilege. Anybody that reaches there, 
consider yourself lucky that Allah invited you. There were people out there who are millionaires. There were people out there who had more knowledge than you. But Allah selected you to be in that blessed and holy land. Appreciate every moment that you have and try and spend the Hajj in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to. So this is the first, first benefit of the Hajj is by going there and not even, even if you don't go there, even if we're here, we should be connected to the Hajj. It's a reminder every year Hajj comes to remind us of the Day of Judgment. Everybody's following? So that's the first, the first benefit of the Hajj. It doesn't matter who's controlling, who comes in, who goes out. Don't let that deter you from the significance of the actual Hajj. Number one. Number two. Hajj comes every year. The second benefit. There are many benefits. We can only talk about a few in these moments that we have. The second benefit of the Hajj is Hajj comes every year to teach us that we are all one. We are all equal and that we should all be united. This is the second greatest lesson of the Hajj that we can take. When you're standing in the Hajj, you're standing next to somebody, everyone's standing together, wearing exactly the same clothes, doing exactly the same rituals. Whereas the guy next to you, next to you could be a millionaire. The one on this side could be a beggar back home in his country. You'd never know. It doesn't matter what the skin color is. It doesn't matter what the language is. It doesn't matter what the ethnicity is. The idea is to teach us that we are all united. We should be all one. And it doesn't matter whether male or female. The rituals are the same for everybody, Arab or non-Arab. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter who you are. In the sight of Allah, all of these things don't matter. If that was so important, if it was so important for me to be of a Pakistani origin or an Indian origin or an Arab origin or a Somali origin or a Turkish origin, or whatever you want to call it. If that was so important, you know what Allah would have done? Allah would have said, right, Arabs, you do Hajj in December. Pakistanis, you do Hajj in January. Okay, Turkish will do it in February. Indonesia, you come in March. This is what the system would have been. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all wise decided, everybody from everywhere, everybody from everywhere will come to one place, do one thing, in one time. This is the Hajj. Hajj teaches us Allah O people, I have created you from one father, one mother. Someone has one skin color, someone has one language, someone eats one type of food, somebody has one culture. Does that really matter? Why is it we're still carrying around this, this disease, this cancer, this poison of jahiliya? Racism was flushed out by Islam. Totally, the Prophet stamped it out. And whenever he sensed anything from it, on one occasion, there was an incident that happened amongst the Sahaba. An incident took place. So the Muhajireen, they started calling on their boys. Come on, Muhajireen. The Ansar said, Ansar, come on Ansar. And the Prophet wasallam immediately stamped it out. Zaruha fa'innaha muntina. He said, Sahaba, leave it. That's disgusting. Don't let that creep into your communities. It will shatter you into pieces. Racism, discrimination. 
just based on skin color, based on the languages that we speak, and this is how we profile people. If I am going to Hajj and I'm coming back still differentiating between Indian, Pakistani, Bengali, Arab, Somali, European, I've not learned the lesson of the Hajj. The Hajj came every single year, the Hajj comes to unite us. Al Mu'minun ka rajulin wahid. The Mu'min is like one man, and this is why, this is why the enemies of Islam are taking advantage of our division and separating us even more. So the Hajj comes every single year. Why? To unite us, to make us one. And this year it's going to come again. And I urge you to watch the Hajj, to be involved with the Hajj and see how people from all over the world are standing in one self, in one row. And let us learn to clean our hearts from this cancer, this disease of racism. And the day of judgment, it doesn't matter who you are. Allah is not going to ask you about your skin color or what language you speak. He's going to see the taqwa in your heart. And based on this, the decision will be made. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Number three, the third message and the lesson of Hajj. Hajj comes every single year. So we said it comes to teach us about the day of judgment. It comes to teach us about unity. The third greatest lesson that we can take from the Hajj coming every single year. The Hajj comes every year to remind you that you are a slave. You are an abd. You are a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you go and you're told circulate and circumambulate the Kaaba seven times, nobody says, why not nine times? When you are told to pick up the stone in Muzdalifa and throw it onto another stone, and if you're lucky, go and kiss another stone, the Hajarul Aswad, nobody says, why? When you are told that right now, don't pray in Makkah, but go to Arafah. Now go to Mina. Now shave off your head. Now sacrifice an animal. Nobody asks why. So that when you come back and you are presented with the laws of Islam, you don't say, I don't agree with this. I don't understand this. Why is this like this in Islam? No. We're there. Somebody says to you, Tawaf is seven times. You say, Sami'na wa ata'na. Safa to Marwa, Sami'na wa ata'na. Go to Mina, Sami'na wa ata'na. Sacrifice the animal, Sami'na wa ata'na. When you come back to the UK, you're in Birmingham, you're living your life, and somebody tells you, brother, interest is haram, Sami'na wa ata'na. Sister, wear the hijab, Sami'na wa ata'na. Brother, you prayed five times, five times over here as well, Sami'na wa ata'na. None of this, I don't understand, I don't agree, this shouldn't be like this. No, you don't make the rules. Who makes the rules? Allah lahu al Allah says, for him, to him belongs the creation, to him belong the rules. Simple. This one word, three words answers every criticism, every objection anybody can make on Islam. Allah settles the issue. To him belongs the creation, he makes the rules. Simple. Who am I to ask? Who am I to complain? Who am I to criticize? Who am I to object? He made the rules, I'm going to follow. This is the third lesson of the Hajj. That we present ourselves there in the court of Allah. We do things without asking any questions. We come back, we realize we are a slave. And finally, one of the other lessons of Hajj is Hajj teaches us sabr and patience. And we all know this. The sabr starts even before you go. And down there, those of you who've been, you know how much we are tested. So that when you come back, you can exercise patience with your wife, with your children, with your community, with your work colleagues. 
and through sabr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will promise us paradise. As a result of a good hajj, the Prophet wasallam has said, anybody that carries out the hajj, and during the hajj, you do not say anything indecent, you do not do anything indecent, you will return just like your mother gave you birth, totally sinless. And then the other hadith says, whoever can afford to go for hajj, you have the physical and the financial capacity to go for hajj, but you delay the hajj, you don't go for hajj. Very stern. Are you guys ready for this? This is stern. Some of you might not be able to, you know, it might get stuck in your throat. Okay, the Prophet wasallam said, anybody who has the financial and the physical capacity to go for hajj, yet intentionally you delay the hajj. He said, die a Christian, dry a Jew, dry a, die in any other religion, you will not die as a Muslim. Don't die as a Muslim. That is, that is not the habit of a Muslim to have the financial, physical capacity to go for hajj and intentionally, without any reason, delay the hajj. If Allah has blessed you, physical capacity, financial capacity, don't look at the system. Don't say, I'm not going to go because they're doing this, they're doing that. That, that Kaaba doesn't belong to them. The hajj doesn't belong to them. They've been made temporary custodians. But it's your obligation. Allah will ask you. Allah will not ask you who was ruling, who wasn't ruling. Allah will ask you if Hajj is farad upon you, make the intention now before leaving the house of Allah. If you don't get chosen this year, at least you will go next year. But at the first opportunity, if Hajj is farad upon you, make the intention now that I will fulfill the Hajj inshallah for the sake of Allah. Many people go for Hajj. Many people go for Hajj. Very few people come back with the Hajj. Okay, this year Hajj will come again. Most of us probably won't be going. But that doesn't mean we will not benefit from the Hajj. These lessons, they're for everybody, whether you're in the Hajj or you're back home. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to benefit from the lessons that Hajj brings us to us every year.